Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm-hmm. We are now truly into December. I started this podcast, I believe in March of this year. I never in a million years would have dreamt that in December of the same year, I would be continuing giving you a podcast uh, a week. I did at some point, didn't I, on my podcast, kind of promise you that I'd be doing your midweek ones, maybe daily ones. <laughs> that never happened. But what did happen is consistency. And they say that thing, don't they? I, I think I'm sure I mentioned it in my last podcast. You know, if you, you if you keep doing things consistently, it then becomes a habit and a habit that you uh, stick to. Um, just a little bit like, what's his face now? I'm reading David Hamilton. I'm a bit of a slow reader, right? But he makes sense. I know I mentioned him again in my last podcast. It's only because he's in my face at the moment. And you've probably worked out. I talk about people that are in my face at the current moment. So, you know, Shrinky Friend used to be in my face um, a lot over the summer months, probably just before the summer months, mostly around March, April, May. That's when I went into the darkness. Uh, So then it was all about Shrinky Friend, right? Recently... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've been hearing a lot about um, Katino. What's his face, Katino? And uh, Ranj, my sister-in-law, my Benji, uh, because she's kind of like in my face at the moment in a nice way. <laughs> and David, ha- David Hamilton uh, is in my face uh, because I'm trying to read him. And I'm so proud of myself because I only got this book not so long ago. And I'm, pe- I'm on page 91. It looks like if I look at the book, I'm more than a third away into it. So that is really good uh, for me because I am a one page a day person. I don't know. I think I I think I've got an issue where I have a short attention span. I can't do a task without um, within a few minutes going away from it and then start doing something else. For example, I was just only just before I started my podcast, right? I was doing, uh, looking at an important document uh, for a friend, right? And helping her out a little bit here and there. And uh, it was really, it was an agreement. It was an actual contract. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'll look at it for you. No problem. So looking at it. So I'm in in the middle of a legal contract. And then my mind wanders off to what am I going to wear to my sister's birthday party? Kay, uh, it's her birthday, uh, 12th of December, and she's having a party on the 15th of December, and it's her 50th birthday. I cannot believe that she's going to be in in my world now. She's going to be in the 50s club, which then just leaves one sister who then has to join the 50s club, but she's got a long way to go. She is 11 years younger than me, so I'm 53. That makes her 43, 42. God, she's got ages yet. I'm a bit jealous, actually. But not really, because I do like being in the 50s club. I do like how life has kind of evened itself out uh, in the 50s. It has been rocky 
with the illness. But really, the illness is even now secondary in my life because I am learning the David Hamilton way. And I must be very grateful to my acupuncturist, Emma, who's amazing, um, who said, look, Missy, I know I keep like throwing stuff at you, but the only thing that you need to read is David Hamilton. And the book I'm reading is How Your Mind Can Heal Your Body. And I know you're going to say, look, Missy, you read all these books. I have. I have. I have. You're right. You're right. And every book, I think this is the one that's going to heal me. But do you know what? There's nothing in this book that is telling me what to do or how I can heal me. All it's telling me is that you can heal you. Like Ritu, Missy, whoever the hell you are, you can heal you. And going back to the, the habit thing, yeah. So what he's saying is if you start doing the same thing day in, day out, your actual brain starts to... Um, grow a thicker muscle in that part of the brain. No joke. For example, he says something like, uh, if you just can imagine yourself doing exercise daily, imagine, just imagine, or if you watch, say, a YouTube video of someone pumping iron and you imagine that you are doing that with that person and you do it every day for like a month or three months or six months or whatever, your muscles actually will become stronger and your brain muscle actually becomes stronger wherever it is operating that part of the brain. And I know it might sound really bizarre to you, but the man makes sense. So I'm making new habits and to make new habits, it's really, really hard. So, for example, going back to sister-in-law Benji, Ranj in Derby, Derby to you. <laughs> if you're Punjabi or Indian, you say Derby. <laughs> Just like South will become Sothal. And Coventry becomes Coventry and Birmingham becomes Birmingham, <laughs> Birmingham New Street and Birmingham International. I always remember that because I used to travel a lot on the trains when I was a, a wee student at Wolverhampton University. I, I used to have cousins that live in Wolverhampton. Uh, one still lives there. His name is Navraj <laughs> and uh, his, his sister got married here in Coventry. Yeah, so, but I used to study in Wolverhampton. Uh, firstly, I used to commute. <laughs> And then I you, then I started living there in the halls of residence with my cousin Ram, who's now a very high end fashion photographer. Uh, he kind of left halfway to go to the Paris run runways. He did. He did. And then he started working for Vogue and all those kind of people. So he's 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 done really well. But um, yeah, why was I telling you about Wolverhampton and doing the Wolverhampton accent? I can't remember now. I'm telling you recently, I think uh, my marbles are becoming less sharp but I can fix that because my mind can heal any part of my body right why, why was I talking about Wolverhampton let me think now mm. it's because of the trains right so yeah so because um, I used to come home once in a while once in a while <laughs> I'd always get the train it used to take like from Wolverhampton to Coventry I don't know about 20 minutes or something like that or was it half an hour am I lying I think about half an hour or something yeah and there'd always be an Indian man who was the train driver. And he'd say, calling at Birmingham International and Birmingham New Street. <laughs> Giving myself jokes here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't My arm is really hurting today. But yeah, I'm forming new habits. And that's thanks to Benji in Derby, in Derby. Her name is Ranj Chadda. And I was hanging out with her on the weekend, just gone. It was her 50th birthday. All these 50s, man. It was her 50th birthday. And uh, we went to Soho Farmhouse. And only a few people will know about Soho Farmhouse because it's for posh people, you see. It's a members only club. 
and you spend extortionate, extortionate amounts of uh, fees and you can only be uh, um, signed in by already already existing members that work in the arts field, believe it or not. So my sister and brother-in-law, uh, they have a membership for Soho Farmhouse and um, she uh, went She went with us, so did her son, me, Shane, Anu and Sunny. So we all went there on a, a, a Soho Farmhouse. And, and of course, we had an amazing, amazing day, which then went into an amazing, amazing night, as you do on the 50th, yeah. And then it turns into lovely, serious conversation. And we were just talking. She she knows my journey. She is an avid listener of the, of the podcast, actually. And um, I was saying to her, look, I just need to get... Uh, a bit more active I need to do this I need to do that I need to deal my hair firstly she made me some amazing deal so thank you very much Ranj for that and um oh my god because I was dying for some really good deal for my hair and she uh, made it and it really 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 was amazing so and she also recommended some collagen so I bought the collagen and that should be here in the next couple of days um and she she swears blind that uh, her um aches and pains in her bones have gone i think collagen is made from animals aren't they they're from animal cartilage and stuff i think it's called bovine and that is kind of uh, used as collagen i have had bovine before but anyway let's i'm, I'm diversifying there so we started talking about i just need to be walking ishki my doggy every day and i just want to be more active and uh, she uh, then <laughs> had a serious conversation then it was it monday or tuesday she messages me she's like uh remember what was it that Coutinho guy i forgot his first name something Coutinho. hold on she just sent me his live stream so i must uh look at that a comment a comment a comment a comment where is it luke Coutinho. so she <laughs> she sent me this quote on tuesday luke Coutinho says it is very hard to do what you want to do because it's just hard to do it so you know you might say you want to go for a walk but then when you want to go for a walk you think i'll oh, forget it i can't be asked 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 <laughs> do you know it is asked you know when you talk to kids nowadays in schools they say it's asked i can't be asked and i remember one day when i was, I was in school and i was saying you know you can't just say i can't be asked and all the kids were like oh miss you just said ask i was like no i didn't say ask i said asked Anyway, that's another debate. So anyway, she goes, Luke Gattino, he says, one foot in front of the other, just get your coat on. And as long as you get that one front foot in front of the other, then the rest is easy. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm rolling around in bed. She's like, no, get up and get up and go for a walk with your kutta. I was like, kutti. Because <laughs> I can, I can say that to her. <laughs> and uh, so I got the dog ready he wasn't happy because <laughs> the reason i don't take ishki out a lot a because my disability i'm not disabled but you know they call it a disability I, i'm not physically able at times but i am really because my brain is making me able i know you won't get that but it's fine i'm talking to myself here but that's what this podcast is all about is about me and me being my inner thoughts hold on i got a message oh my gosh oh my gosh stop messaging me stop messaging hold on Sorry, people of the world. <laughs> it was it was the friend I'm helping out. Never mind, right? So what? I've lost my train of thought there. So basically, the new habit is 
my Benji pushing me out every single day. In fact, she didn't plan. She didn't plan to chuck me out every single day. I was like, I'm doing this every day. She was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm doing it every day. Um, and so far, so good. I have been on my walks over the last two days. <laughs> That is good for me, man, because I don't even do one day in a week. Um, and I'm a bit disappointed with the amount of uh, mileage that I've done and the the steps. But, you know, as she says, as Coutinho says, um, that is better than nothing. Better than sitting in your ass and just um, doing jack, jack shit, basically. Uh, but also uh, what David, David Hamilton says is that you can actually sit there and you can actually imagine yourself going on that walk and you can actually then um your body will feel like it's done exercise your your body will get stronger your mind will get stronger your bones will get stronger your 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 muscles will get stronger your lungs will have more oxygen in it and i totally 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 believe that i know that some of you may not believe that and that's absolutely fine i truly 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 believe that disease in the mind is disease in the body right so anyway, so what was I going to talk about today? I wanted to talk about, not about my healing journey today. What is really, really sitting on my mind recently is marriage versus being silent. Silent? Maybe that's a good way. Marriage versus being single. What well, to say marriage versus being silent, but that came out of my mouth. So I'm just going to keep it in the podcast. I, uh, how do you put this? I'm on a, a, a platform, right, on Facebook where uh, there's thousands upon thousands of Asian women in a uh, in a group. I don't know whether I can name it or not, but um, lots of them post stuff anonymously. And not only that, I've been listening to a lot of my uh, friends and outer circle of people that surround me and m listening to my mum's friends stories uh, listening and uh, interacting with people that I know and um, also reading stuff oh my god it's not as if I'm going out looking for it it just keeps popping up on my instagrams on my facebooks and stuff like that right and I'm like what the hell what is this life what are these people doing why have they got themselves into this and it's not their fault for example, I was trying to go through the Instagram to try and find the um, the actual. Not wasn't a group, was it? It was whoever. Uh, I don't know who who it was, what username it was, uh, but I've obviously um, followed it somehow, and it's been on my phone. It keeps popping up uh, with different stories of women that have been killed by their husbands, and how like one of them, like she. I I, can't, I mean I'm very bad as you know with my memory. It, it was kind of blanks out, but one was like. This woman, she was a young Sikh woman and sh her sister died of a heart attack or something like that, who had children. And her parents begged her to marry her deceased sister's husband just so that uh, her kids would have a mum. I'm like, you what? And I can understand this kind of thing happening. Um, in India and if I, I think under uh, further investigations she was from India um, and obviously and I'm not being bad here sometimes people in India do all sorts of things to come to England to get their visa visa and their long stay and all that kind of thing and they do the most maddest things don't they uh, they come here as like uh, on not even visas working visas they just come on these visas then they start working at people's houses or shops and stuff for cash in hand Hold on, I've got an itchy ear. Ow. Um, and then they 
make all this cash and they send it back home. And then from here, they kind of go to Canada and America because they think it's nicer in America in Canada. Bless them. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've got an American passport. It ain't nicer in America. I tell you that now. It might be vast and it may be big and it might be all shiny and glimmery. And hey, what's up, ma'am? Good morning, ma'am. Have a nice day, ma'am. But it ain't nice. It ain't nice. It ain't nice. I know we live in a small island called the United Kingdom, but, but you're better off in England. Although they've got much better summer, it's not summer, it's weather in America. I, I kid you not, I, I, if you ask me straight from the horse's mouth, I've been to America since the age of what, dot, two, three, four, every year, every year, every year, I'm 53. Uh, I haven't been for a few years because of my illness. Um, but um, no, no, the grass is not greener on the other side. I promise you that. It's lovely, lovely, lovely to go for a holiday. It really is. The terrain or terrain, is it terrain or terrain? Is terrain is the Christmas thing, isn't it? Terrain. <laughs> the scenery, the vastness, the cars, the big meals. Have we got another message now? <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute, one minute. So I diversified again. Um, <laughs> I started this, not started it, it's kind of like middle of the I dive, I do diversified once again. You've got to be used to this now, right? So the point I was trying to make is that 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 person, um, the woman, he killed her, right? And then there was another story about the woman came from India, got married here. He then started being really violent and abusive towards her because she wanted to keep the izzat of the family in the Punjab where she'd come from. She really didn't say much about it. Uh, she did. I think she told somebody uh, they kind of uh, it fell on deaf ears like, oh, my God, uh, you know, what about your family's is that while she was being beaten black and blue and being called this, that and the other by so-called husband. Um, and then um, she gets killed as well. She, really badly, brutally. So these these perpetrators, they have been arrested in the UK and they've been behind bars and stuff. But my question is this. When it comes to marriage, many people like myself, I'm single, right? 53, single, never been married, not want to get married. Okay, that's a lie. I would get married if I found that, I know it's horrible to say, perfect person. But that perfect person doesn't exist. I know who the person that I want and that person does not exist. I don't think. If they did exist and they were brought in front of me, I'd be like, wow, you exist? <laughs> ah! Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I, I, I do apologise. It is just a busy day today. Um, and today's the, the first day I've kind of sat down and addressed a lot of the stuff that I've had to do. And I know uh, a lot of people do ask me, well, namely my my siblings, what do you do all day? Like nothing. What I mean, what would I want to do? I'm, I'm just disabled. I'm just a disabled bitch. And they, they have this thing that she does nothing. Um, I have been batshit crazy, batshit crazy. Um, so anyway, I'm not going to diversify again. I'm going to go back to finding that perfect person as a single person. I haven't found them um, and I don't think I ever will. Not because I've got high standards, because I'm looking for a real human, a human full of love and kindness, a human that gets me, a human that is uh, able to, to, how do I put this now, to mirror me, but also work with me and we work in perfect harmony like there's no kind of like 
oh my God, he said this, she said that, he wants this, she wants this, and this is just too much, and she's controlling, she's a narcissist, he's a control freak. Nah, mate, I ain't interested in any of that. And I know you're going to say, Missy, that don't exist. I know it doesn't doesn't exist, but I I think there could be a a, a little little 1% chance that maybe that perfect harmony relationship can exist i've seen it i've seen it i've seen it especially especially in the olds the older generation the daddies and daddas and nannies and nannas and the old little doreens and a husband brian you know and they're sitting there on the bench and feeding each other with those ham sandwiches and you know salt and vinegar crisps giving each other a peck on the cheek and holding each other's hands with snot dribbling down their nose but they're just as happy as larry oh what i wouldn't do for that but I don't think I've ever come across that in my life. You know, all the frogs and stuff. Let's just not go there. But I, I, I haven't. So, yeah. And I didn't. I never wanted to get married for the sake of wanting to get married and to please my, my my mother, because she wanted nothing more than me being the eldest daughter to get married when I was twenty-one. Uh, and when I was twenty-one, I was introduced. Not twenty-one, probably. When did I finish university? 19, 20, 21, 20, 22. From about 21, uh, her, her, she started. Bleh, 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 married, 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 marriage, marriage, marriage. And uh, it was her mission. And she'd shown me so many suitors. And it's the most awful thing. <laughs> Get ready in your suit. They'd come. And my cousin Ram and his his mum and dad, my pops and my boo, Popperji and Booji, which is my my. But Buwaji is my dad's sister and Pops is her husband. Uh, they're, they're like my second mum and dad. And Ram is their son and my best friend. And um, everything in between is absolutely amazing. And uh, so he would be like, he calls me Blingy uh, for obvious reasons. And he's like, uh, no one's going to say yes or no until I've met him. And every time, <laughs> every time he'd meet them, he'd just look at me and was like, nah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, just don't, I wouldn't go there. And if I wouldn't go there, you ain't going there. <laughs> uh, but still, my mother was having none of it. And they used to come to the house with the parents and you'd have to dress up in your suit. And you'd have, have to, um, you'd get the, and you'd be in the kitchen making tea. Please bring the tea through. And you bring the tea through in a tray. <laughs> Like a dulhania, like in Bollywood films, it was the most disgusting, heart-wrenching thing you'd ever. Have. I just felt like I was a, 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 a the wife on display, <laughs> the wife meaning prostitute. <laughs> it was like a, it's like why are you all looking at me? And then oh, they're going get the samosas. I felt like getting samosas and ramming them up their ass. Like I am not here as like a, a display piece. I do not want to serve you samosas. Get your own fucking samosas. That was in my head. Uh, and on my face was like, just like nothing really. And then the next bit comes along. Why don't you and whatever his name was, go to the garden or go to the bedroom. I'm like, oh my God, you sent me to the bedroom with him. And you can have a chat. And then you'd end up having a chat with this person. I remember one distinctly. I think it was in my bedroom, actually. And um, he was like, so what do you like to do? And I was like, I like music. I like um all artsy stuff. I'm really into creative and things like that. I love computers. Um, I've just finished my degree in media communications, thinking of doing some acting, maybe working for the BBC, blah, 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 telling them all my ambitions. And I like to go out. I love going to TGIs on a Friday because thank God it's Friday. I go to Friday TGIs. And uh, I was like, what do you like to? And he was like, uh, uh, I like uh, making aeroplanes. I was like, 
Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, I like making like model aeroplanes in my garage. And um, socially, I don't really go out and <laughs> I watch ZTV with my mum most evenings and uh, nothing more than that, really. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. And the thing is, though, he's a really good looking guy. Really, 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 really good looking, but zero personality. And I sifted through many, many, many of these uh, for many years to try and make my mum think that I want to get married. It's not as if I didn't want to get married, but also I was very disappointed with marriage. Right. Uh, one was um, he was the biggest, richest guy in California, owned all of the vineyards and my nana had found him and there was going to be no no here my nana was gonna my nana said she's gonna marry him that's it and uh again ram went and he came back going he's got snakeskin boots <laughs> so remember that in like in western movies right uh that have the pointed cowboy boots with the spinning wheel at the back he had those on and ram was like no way jose no way no way doesn't matter if he's rich you're not doing it so i was like no not getting married and then my nana, which is my mum's dad, stopped talking to me for ages. He was so pissed off, so pissed off. But I was like, no, I don't. I've not lived my life. I want to go and live my life. So that's what I did. I toddled off and started uh, living my life. I did a bit of work at the BBC and then I got uh, into the radio stuff. And then the career kind of uh, escalated and it, 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 it just carried on like that, really. But... <laughs> marriage i since being a kid i had been so disappointed with marriage and how men got away with blue murder you know how women had to and i'm sure most of you will agree when you were kids i mean i'm born in the 70s so you know there are people here born in the 80s and 90s maybe 2000s i have got young listeners as well i know i know it's bizarre <laughs> but uh yeah men were allowed to get away with blue murder there was a lot of physical violence, uh, verbal violence and abuse in those days of women. And women used to take it. Women were treated like shit. Not that a lot of them aren't now. And the battle still goes on. But in those days, all I saw was shitty marriages where women were made, were treated like shit, where they had to be in the kitchen, look after the kids, make the food, clean the house while the men went to the pub. Um, got their wives at any point even if they came home at 11 o'clock she had to go to the kitchen cook them chapatis roti sabji dal chicken and while he sat there drinking the whiskey uh, and then they'd, they'd take the piss out of their wife in front of the other men they'd treat people like shit and I'm like what the fuck is this this is not a marriage and it was normalized that this is how it is marriage is like this as our women's job is to cook and clean and look after the husband and the children and the, the husband's job is to go out uh, to work and I was like, well, if that is marriage, do I really want that? Do I? I was really never a kind of uh, a maternal kind of girl. Right. And as I went along and as my career kind of went further and further, you know, when they I know it's cliche, but as they say, I'm married to my job. I really, really was married to my job. So um, then as I got older, I the more older and older I got, I was like, well, it's just too late now. Do you know what I mean? And I know it's never too late. Now I understand that it's never too late. I could probably get uh, not married. I don't think I would ever get married now. I don't think I would because it's horrific how when someone ties the knot with you and one paper, legal paper, binds you to this person who then think they have the God forsaken right to treat you like however they want to. I'm not saying every man and their dog treat their wives like that. No, they don't. They don't. There are 
There were a few good apples, but they are few and far between. But Jesus Christ, going back to that forum I was telling you about on Facebook, absolutely every day horrific stories. And the amazing thing now on these forums on Facebook, you can be an anonymous, anonymous contributor. So there's a lot of anonymous ladies on there giving their story. It's heartbreaking and heart wrenching every day to read 10 to 15 stories of these women say, I've been in a marriage for X amount of years. And um, this is the, actually, do you know what? I've screenshot a few of them and seen as they're, they're on public forums. I'm not, I haven't mentioned the forum to you, so that should be okay. And they are anonymous. So I'm sure I'm not doing anything illegal here. But if I read some of them, right? Like, okay. One screenshot was here. It says, hi, I've been going through a long draining divorce for three years now with my abusive, controlling husband. I just can't see any light at the end of the tunnel as he's not giving up. Has anyone been through a divorce where there's been financial abuse, including hiding money, forging your signature and also removing you off a business without you knowing? I'd love to hear what this outcome was. I've just had my second hearing and I'm preparing for my final one. I just don't know uh, how this is going to end and I'm feeling so anxious. How can another human make another human feel like that because they are married to them? It goes on. Here's another one. Today I discussed with my husband uh, that I want to move out of this relationship. It's been an abusive relationship for the last 10 years. And we have two kids. Blows my mind. But my husband is saying he won't let me move out with the kids. He needs the kids to stay with him. He's very good and the kids love him. I'm emotionally drained and exhausted. Don't, I don't have any friends or relatives who can help. Was there anyone in this situation? How do you deal with this? Can I move to a different place? Um, blah, 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 blah. Marriage. This one. Wow. All right. It's a bit long, but I want you to hear it because I have a negative view of marriage and this is my, you know, my journal. So I'm just talking out loud to my journal. But I do. I don't think marriage is all that or anything. It's just narcissism, gaslighting. It's just how mums put their lives on hold for their husbands, for the husband's approval, for the in-laws approval, the extended family's approval. They are treated like shit sometimes, yet they have to endure. They don't have to, but in their world, they think they have to, because I swear to God, if it was my life, it, I would not have to. I'd be like, fuck you. I'd get a knife and stab the eyeballs and eat them for lunch. Oh, <laughs> I know there is a bad side to me, but it's true. I would. I would not. I would not endure it at all because no other human has the right to treat another human like shit. No other human has the right to abuse a, another human and, and make them feel like shit. No other human has the right to control a, another human. No other human has the right to manipulate another human. And if they do, then shame on them and time to fuck off because uh, you know these women asking the questions as soon as i read the first three sentences i'm like just tell them to fuck off and i know you're shouting going missy missy it's not that simple i know it's not simple but come off it mate it is simple it's simple if someone's making you treat feel like shit you are not tied down to them what because you're married and you've got a piece of paper that legally binds you and I know there's kids involved sometimes and I know there's houses involved sometimes. Well, then why did you do it in the first place? Think about it. Why did you do it? Why? Because you were pressurized into it by your parents and by society because you wanted to pigeon yourself into pigeonhole yourself into ticking that box saying, oh, I got married. Yay. I had kids. Yay. I got my house. Yay. I got my mortgage. Yay. I got my house and my job and my money. Yay. Am I happy? No. 
Has Missy got a job? No. Is she happy? Yeah. Has Missy got a marriage? No. Is she happy? Yeah. <laughs> Has Missy got a mortgage? No. But is she happy? Yes. <laughs> I live as a lodger in my mum's house. That's what my father used to say. I am a lodger living here. <laughs> No, that's a joke. I'm not a lodger. I'm an equal person in her life. And uh, we live together in mostly perfect harmony. Um, does Missy have kids? No. Is she happy? Yes. I have my nephew that keeps me happy. And the best bit is you can give the nephew back. Have I have twinges of motherhood? Yes. Have I thought maybe I should have? Yes. But do I have regrets? No, because that was my life. Uh, what are the things? Do I have a house? No. But am I happy? Yes. I'm happy. I'm truly, truly, truly happy after listening to so many women of how their husbands treat them. After seeing with my own eyes how men always think it's okay to criticise their wives and put their wives down in front of a whole bunch of people. And they think it's okay. They think it's okay to do that. Um, and they then make a joke of it and they think, yay, my wife is my uh, bit of comedy tonight and I'm going to take the obliterate her and take the piss out of her and people are going to think I'm, I'm i'm a badass man no they think you're a loser mate they think you're a complete loser i think you're a loser if you're sitting there taking the piss out of your wife for entertainment purposes no but most wives they take it why because they feel like they have no other choice but to be underrated by their husbands by their in-laws by their extended families um, and they think it's their job to look after the kids and make sure that the household is running smoothly smoothly it's it's disgraceful disgusting i'm sorry if you don't agree with me but um not many people will say this no people have the guts to say this because they want to be pigeon holders they want to be box tickers and we believe in the institution of marriage oh fuck off it's no it's, what what the what what the hell is the institution of marriage what is it why can't two people live in the same vicinity even you don't even have to live in the same house it's probably healthier that you don't live in the same house you live in different houses and you see each other on a regular basis and you have an amazing relationship rather than living in a house and then all of a sudden it becomes a complete different dynamic because then you got two people in the mix and both of you want your own ways of life and your different existences and your different ways of doing things then it just becomes a kitchen you know what a kitchen is it's like an english kedgeri <laughs> it's just a mix a mishmash of rice and fish or darling darling rice and it's just a, a um what my nanny would call a rumble tumble it just becomes a load of shit and that's my opinion and i'm sticking to it so look you listen to this one right it says i've oh gosh oh some of it's actually uh, deleted i've been married over a year now and things were great before marriage looking back there were the odd couple of red flags but nothing that seemed co too concerning at all i have to be quite vague uh, because this uh, post is uh, might be seen by family and friends so it says something like blah, blah i can't read it properly i was married my in-laws who had a good relationship with beforehand and they decided they decided they didn't like me or my family and have been in their son's ear about me the family were never so close before my marriage and now it seems they are trying to foster relationships at my expense initially he would defend me but over time he's shown a very aggressive angry side i'm genuinely a bubbly person but it really dims down my personality i've shown a real controlling side thankfully i have a good amount of savings but all the promises he made before marriage he's not kept living arrangements joint plans etc unfortunately i've had to let my family know on a few occasions as i've not been able to handle it and to and to go home but it just seems to get worse every time 
Uh, I come from a family who just want to make things work because it's just what they do. Blah, blah, blah. I truly feel I can't take living a life of this anymore. He hides his phone from me constantly. Not that I want to see it. And hopefully it's not anything major. I do see messages constantly from his family pop up on the home screen, but he's changed settings. So I can't see who rings him. He'll never type his passcode in front of me. Um, I do mine happily in front of him. The broken promises are too much for me too. He's changing his mind to suit his work, his family. When we made plans before marriage and until mid-2023, we're sticking to them. He's outright said, no, it's my way or the highway. And now I've told him uh, the highway it is now, as I can't accept this. He then proceeds to use my past against me. We all have one. And when we first started to get to know each other, we were open about, about past relationships, which he also had, of course. We are now in our early 30s. I've never once said anything about his past, but he has broken trust in every way. I get called names like you filthy whore and get told to pack my bags and fuck off when he himself has been with people before me and we discussed everything before marriage. It just seems really unfair and I'm disgusted by his language towards me. But look, listen, she's still with him. The most tricky part of all this is jack of family support, regardless of what what they know they just want me to make it work and they compare other people's situations and remind me i may never find anyone ever again and if i do we could be worse i feel like hitting my head against this microphone i mean my mum even told me today that it's all in my head i love my mum but i can't take the way it's all my fault apparently no one lives my life but me i'm scared for the future i really am there's no guarantee i'll find someone again but that can't surely be the reason i stay with someone untrustworthy outright rude and disrespectful with a family who's horrible to me just not sure what to do i no, I need to leave. Maybe he will realise. Maybe he won't. I don't have huge expectations as his family will probably be relieved. I'm out of the picture and encourage him to leave. Feel anxious, can't sleep or eat properly. Have a, put a brave face and at work every day. I'm exhausted physically and mentally. What does that say to you? It's a car crash, right? This woman is going to go down with an illness. She's probably going to end up getting cancer. The family won't give a flying fuck about her. And why? All in the name of marriage. Her own mum is telling her to stay. And it's all in her fucking head. <sighs> I used to be a really angry person. I no, no longer am that angry. But Jesus Christ, what do you say to that? And do you know what? That's just not one story. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And they are are being highlighted more because nowadays we as Asians have been given a mouthpiece. We are now kind of following one another and because one is spoken, the other is spoken and we are more braver to talk about things that are happening to us. Although she's done it anonymously, at least she had the balls to say it. In the 70s, 80s, maybe even the 90s, none of us were allowed to speak out because we were really, 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 really uh, uh, afraid. And also we were kind of locked up uh, by our parents and by society and by culture by uh, keeping our mouth shut uh, because of the looming cloud of law. What will people say? Hamari izzat rakna. Keep the izzat of the family. Don't speak about what's happening in this family because what will happen? So uh, most most people in our society and culture, in Asian culture, were happy for us to go and kill ourselves, commit suicide, or for us to be killed by our husbands or abused by our husbands or by people within the family. But they'd rather turn a blind eye to that and not help their daughter or anything, or even maybe their son. And um, But as long as there is that was there 
was okay. It it boils my blood. It really, really boils my blood. And this woman is not the only one. There's hundreds and thousands of them out there that are going through so much horrific abuse uh, by the hands of their husbands, by the hands of their in-laws, by the hands of extended family, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, whatever. It's absolutely disgusting. And all in the name, all in the name of one thing, marriage. So that's why I don't believe in the Institute of Marriage. Who knows if I ever make, meet someone. But I tell you what, I would ne- I mean, I never say never. You never say never because you just you just never know what's going to happen in life, right? But if I could help it, I wouldn't. I would happily, happily live with that person. I would. Uh, and like I said earlier, maybe just live near that person and stuff. You know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day and she was like, you know, what, you know, what are you going to do if you meet someone in Bristol or Manchester or something? And I was like, well, that's fine. But th- then long distance becomes a whole new ball game. Um, having someone local is different. So at least you can physically see that person and have the physicalities, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I mean, you've got to have some, but there's got to be benefits of of it. <laughs> but yeah, single life. You singletons out there, honestly, after listening to today's podcast, be happy that you're single. Be happy with you because the only person that can make you happy is you. Trust me, you won't be happy when you've got that little piece of paper that says you're married. And then all of a sudden you've got this husband, you've got this mother, mother-in-law and father-in-law, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, extended family who's got more uh, people that they've married and they've got kids and you've got nephews and nieces and, and they're all not very nice people. And then you feel like you've you've just walked into a big boxing match uh, and that boxing match sometimes lasts for life. And at the end of the day, uh, you end up being the one knocked out. And on that note, I will love you and leave you. <laughs> I know I've painted a very bad picture of marriage, but that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I really don't think it's all cut out to be all magical. It's not. It's fucking hard work. It's hard work. And I tell you that from people that I know that are married and, you know, uh, it, good on them if they wanted to be in that marriage and and it works for them. But I, from, from standing where I am, it doesn't work and it, they're stressed out in life, but they think it's the it's the be all and end all. And this is life. It ain't life, mate. It isn't life. It isn't life. Next time, I think next week, I'm going to bring you Double Trouble Mum and me. We're going to do a festive, a fest, a pre-festive podcast. So I look forward to that. So take care, be good. And I'll catch you soon. Part three, the Missy D.